Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. So thankful to be here with you today. And I, I feel my assignment here today. I felt the Lord deal with my heart uh, some time ago when we uh, scheduled this. Felt the Lord give me a very clear direction for this morning's service. And that direction is simply that if you're here and you are struggling to find your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're here and uh, you've never fully put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the word of the Lord and the moving of his spirit in the next few minutes of our time together is going to establish your faith in Jesus Christ in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And Jesus wants to do a radical work in your life today. If you're here and you, like myself, have been around for a little while, God wants to strengthen and reassure your faith here today. God wants to grow your faith here today. And with that in mind, I direct your attention to the book of Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter 2. If you're here and you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the Bible evidence of speaking with other tongues, you are missing out on one of the greatest experiences you could possibly have on planet Earth. If, if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name to have your sins washed away, you are missing out on one of the greatest experiences you could ever have in this life. And the good news is that you can have both of those experiences before this service is over today. God wants to radically change your life. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Everybody say, he's God. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Look at your neighbor and say, what do we do about it? I thank God that he gave Simon Peter the answer for the question, what do we do about it? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hear me. If you are sitting in this room breathing air today, if you are watching online, you're listening to the podcast later, you're breathing oxygen, you're breathing air, you are being called and drawn by the Lord. God wants to fill you with the greatest experience you could ever have in your life. He wants you to know for sure that he is real and his power is for you. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes to know assuredly. Verse 36, he said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly without doubt. How many believe that every one of us could leave here and we could know for sure that Jesus is real and that he is in my heart? Would you give him praise for that right now? Lift up your voice, clap your hands. 
Let your faith rise in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, we worship you and we thank you for what you're about to do in this room. I thank you that you're about to fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank you that somebody's about to be forgiven of their sins. I thank you that somebody's sins are about to be washed away in the waters of baptism. Lord, I thank you for the faith of every precious believer here. And I thank you for the faith that shall be established here today. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Turn around, high five somebody, and you can be seated in Jesus' name. Christian faiths would agree that Simon Peter preached what would be considered the foundational message of the church. He preached the message upon which the remaining letters in the New Testament would be based, but he preached the message upon which the church would not only be birthed, but he preached the message upon which the church would grow and would thrive and would take over the known world. This message that he preached was the beginning, the genesis of, uh, of the church, the New Testament church that we are still a part of a couple of thousand years later in 2023. Aren't you thankful this morning that we are not a second thought, a 2.0, an afterthought, but we are the New Testament church of the living God worshiping together today. He preached the message upon which later the Apostle Paul would write letters to the churches and help them to understand how to be more pleasing to the Lord and how to live more righteously before the Lord. It was all based on the foundation of Simon Peter's message in Acts chapter 2. So if you're interested in growing your faith in Christ today, if you're interested in establishing your faith in Christ today, it would benefit us greatly to revisit this original message. It would benefit us greatly to uh, visit this birthplace of the church in Acts chapter 2. Now, I know there may be one or two of you that when I read my text this morning, you thought to yourself, boy, I've heard that a thousand different ways. Uh, happy Sunday. You're about to hear it a thousand and one here today. And, and I preach it unapologetically and unashamedly. I tell you right from the beginning of this service, I did not come to scratch your theological itch today. I did not come to make you walk away and say, wow, I've never thought of that before. I did come to preach to somebody here today who is teetering, who is tiptoeing near the edge of plunging into the deep end in your faith in Jesus Christ. And I did come, if you will, maybe even to leave the 99 a little bit and reach after the one or the two or the three that may be in this room today that you're not sure whether or not you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ. But in the next few minutes of this service, the word is going to go forth and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And God is going to do something supernatural in your faith today. Simon Peter preached this message that was the beginning of the church, that marked the beginning, the birth of the church. And to understand something of a message, you've got to understand something of the audience that it was preached to, of course. Uh, you've got to understand the, the intended audience uh, that any message is, is given to. Now, if you hear me after church say, hey, honey, there may be more than a few of those here, but I promise you I'm only talking to one. 
So to understand the message, you got to understand the intended audience. And to understand Simon Peter's message, you've got to understand that, that Simon was not preaching to a Sunday morning uh, apostolic Pentecostal group of people in a beautiful church building like this. And my, isn't this marvelous? What a beautiful, beautiful facility. And thank God for what you have done to it to even make it better than it already was. But he was not preaching to a group of people that thought exactly like he did about Jesus. In fact, Simon Peter, Peter was preaching to a, a very diverse crowd that day. He was preaching to a crowd that was diverse ethnically. He was preaching to a crowd that was diverse socially. He was preaching to a crowd that was diverse religiously. He was preaching to some who certainly would have had faith in Jesus and, and who he was and the Christ that had just been crucified. But he was preaching to others that had completely rejected Jesus. They had faith and they had some systems of religion in their life but they had completely rejected Jesus. And no doubt he was preaching to those that may have been pagans in the crowd, those uh, that were perhaps there for the feasting, the festivities of Pentecost, and were there just to capitalize on the crowd that was gathered there for that annual holiday. He was preaching to this diverse crowd that had gathered in the street. Why did they gather in the street? They gathered in the street because they heard something supernatural happening in the upper room of a particular building of the city. And in that upper room is where we read the occurrence in Acts chapter 2, the beginning of that chapter, when they were praying and seeking God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. How many know that Jesus is still pouring out his spirit in 2023. They gathered to hear the commotion of this crowd and this diverse crowd that gathered in the street. It's, uh, it's important to understand that, that Simon Peter preaches this message to those that are religiously devout and he preaches the, mes the same message to those who really have no faith at all preaches this message to those that have some system of religion in their life, and he preaches this message to those uh, who are anti-religion, maybe. He preaches this message to everybody that is gathered there, and understand, in that crowd, there was quite probably some that day that were a few of the same ones who just a short time earlier had had a direct hand in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Some of the same hands, perhaps, that nailed him to that tree. Simon Peter now stands and preaches a message to them. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I would think just in my flesh, can I just be carnal for a minute? In my flesh, if there's anybody that didn't deserve the hope of Jesus Christ, it would be that crew that nailed him to a tree that mocked him and stabbed him and pressed thorns in his head. But I've come with good news here this morning, and that is Simon Peter preached a message of hope to those that should have been absolutely hopeless. He preached a message of hope to every single man and woman that was gathered there that day. And his message of hope was simply, in essence, this. No matter who you are and no matter what you've done, Jesus 
Jesus Christ was crucified for you. No matter what your background is, what sins you have in your past, Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins and for my sins. In fact, I'll tell you, not only am I preaching a simple message today, I'm not even preaching my own message. Some preachers won't tell you when they borrow somebody else's message, but I'm going to tell you. I'm borrowing somebody else's message today. I didn't come up with this. I stole it from a guy named Simon Peter. If you're going to borrow, borrow from the best, hey? Bible school students, take notes. Steal from the best. Simon Peter preached this message, and I'm going to preach this message today. It was a message of hope that simply declared, no matter where you come from and no matter what your past looks like, no matter what you sit here today ashamed of, no matter what you sit here today weighted down by, Jesus Christ is absolutely, unequivocally the hope of all mankind. Jesus Christ is your hope even if you didn't even know he was your hope when you walked in today. Jesus Christ is the hope of every man and woman in this room. Preaching to people here today uh, that you might have thought there are things in your life that disqualify you from hope. Uh, you might have thought there are mistakes in your past uh, that disqualify from you. It disqualify you from ever being part of a great church like this. Uh, that is not true. Uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins uh, and for mine. Uh, he was brutalized on an old rugged cross uh, so that you and I might find forgiveness of our sins. Uh, and if there was hope uh, for those who killed Jesus there is hope for you and I today there is hope for us in this room this morning Jesus is our hope oh if you're thankful for that you ought to clap your hands and throw your head back and give them praise for it hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus they heard this message of hope and they looked at one another and they said, what should we do with this word that we just heard? Can I tell you, that's a great question to ask yourself every time you hear pastor preach week, week in and week out. What do I do with this word? How should I apply this word? They, they asked themselves, what should we do with this word that we just heard? They looked at one another and they said, how do we apply this? What do we, what do, we do with, the, with this message that we just heard? Here's Simon Peter preaches this message. He's standing up. The Bible says he stands up with the 11. He stands up with the 11 and preaches. Thank God for every saint that stands up with the man of God when he preaches. Thank God for the 11 that stood up with I thank God for every saint in this church that, that amens your pastor week in and week out. I thank God for every saint in this church that lifts your hands and shouts hallelujah and comes to an altar and prays and seeks God. Thank God for every 11 that stands up with them. He preaches this message and they look at one another and say, what should we do with this message that we heard? And I am so glad to report to you today that Simon Peter, when he responded to their question, he did not give them three sets of instructions, four sets of instructions, six sets of instructions. He didn't say, now, let me break this down for you. If you were raised like this, then here's what you do to find Jesus. This is great. And, and if you were raised like this, then this is your path to heaven. Go ahead. 
And if you raised he clear over here on the right wing, then this is your path to find God. And if you're way over here on the left, then, then, then this is how you're going to find. No, 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 no. Now that's what man has done. That's what religion in the last couple thousand years has done. And I've taught more Bible studies uh, than I can count where somebody looks me in the eye and they say something like this. Why, why is religion so confusing then? And I say, that's a great question. Because it didn't start confusing. In fact, it started very simple. Can we get back to the basics here for the next few minutes of this service? Can we just go back to the original pattern, the original answer that Simon Peter gave? He looked at them all, and he gave the same instructions to every one of you. And I've got the same instructions. I don't care if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, or somewhere hybrid between the two. I don't care if you're atheist, agnostic, or you're a, you're a New Age spiritual type believer. I've got the same set of instructions for every one of you. Because because Simon Peter's instructions uh, that worked for all of them 2,000 years ago will still work for us uh, at Calvary Tab in 2023. And his instructions were simple, they were easy, they were concise. I feel faith rising in the room right now. I feel faith rising in the room. His instructions were simple. He said, it's easy if you want to find Jesus. It's easy. Here's what you do. You ready? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't, I don't know about you Pentecostals believing that, that you repent, be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Some might say, I'm not sure about all that. Isn't that kind of an exclusive idea? Isn't that kind of an exclusive message that, that you just have to repent and be baptized? I'm telling you, you're looking at that all wrong. It's actually simple. It's, it's an all-inclusive message. It's not just for the elites. It's not just for the few. It's for anybody, everybody, whosoever will. It doesn't matter what your religious upbringing was. It doesn't matter what your faith confession is when you walked in these doors. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, Simon Peter has an answer for you. If you want to go to the next level of your faith, it is very simple. No matter where your faith starts at today, if you want to go to the next step of faith, repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Be filled or refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises for you to your children, all that are afar off. Woo! Simon Peter, he, he started this, this instruction, this response to their question with the very simple instruction to repent. Everybody say, Respe repent. It was repent, repent. It's easy. Repentance is, is not a hard concept to understand. Repentance is where I find forgiveness for my sins. How many know we need forgiveness for our sins? How many know that no matter how good you clean up on Sunday morning, every one of us is sinners? No matter how righteous you feel, our righteousness is no better than filthy, dirty dish rags in the sight of God. 
Your righteousness isn't good enough on your best day, but I'm glad that we have the opportunity to repent of our sins and to be forgiven of our sins. Repentance is very simple. Let me explain repentance so simply. Repentance is, is simply when I invite him to be the Lord of my life. Well, repentance is when I say, Lord, I don't know how to get beyond my past, and I don't know how to get beyond my habits and my hangups, and I don't know how to get beyond all this secret sin in my life. Repentance is where I say, God, I don't know how to fix what what is broken in me. But repentance is where I get honest enough with myself. Hello. To get honest with God and say, I need the power of God. Now I lose some folks right there because repentance requires honesty. And I don't know about in Indy, but where I come from, there's some folks that have lied to themselves for so long. There's some folks that have convinced themselves they don't need God. They don't need to repent. They're going to figure it out one day when. They're going to beat the addiction one day when. They're going to change their family structure one day when. They're going to break the generational curse one day when. I'm telling you, repentance is where you just get honest enough with yourself to say, I can't figure this out. I can't stop this. I can't change this. I can't fix this. Uh, repentance is where you come to God and say, I need you to be the Lord of my life. Uh, I need you to forgive me of my sins. Uh, I need you to help me in the present right here and right now. And the Bible says uh, that God is just waiting on us to repent. Uh, in fact, Scripture says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance not drawing you to repentance because of his judgment. God's drawing you to his repentance because of his goodness, because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he didn't design you to break that generational curse in your family. He designed you to repent and give it to him and let his power change your family tree. Repentance is where I come to God just like I am. And I say, God, I am sorry for my sin. Repentance is where I come to God just like I am. Hear me. You don't have to be perfect to walk in this church. You don't have to be perfect to connect in this church. You don't have to be perfect to belong to this church. You got to just be willing to come just like you are. Broke, busted, disgusted. And say, I need the power of Almighty God in my life. That's what happens at repentance. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. And the scripture says that if you draw nigh to God, if you take the step of repentance, God will draw nigh to you. If you pray a prayer of repentance, it doesn't have to be in my words. It doesn't have to be in fancy King James English. Aren't you thankful for that? But when you just talk to him from your heart, in your own words, when you repent, like Cody did a couple of weeks ago in our church, big old buff dude, I mean arms about as thick as, as my waist, man, big old buff dude sitting there, just, I said, Cody, can I pray for you? I said, dude, what do you need from God? So I started walking him through repentance. I said, how about we repent? And I'm telling you, something came over him. He said, I don't know how to pray. I said, just use your own words. He kind of looked at me. I said, just talk to God like I'm talking to you. Just, just say whatever you want to say. And when he started using his own words, something miraculous happened. 
The Holy Ghost started moving on Cody. God's spirit started, tears start running down his cheeks. And this big old dude, I said, that's it, buddy. Just lift your hands. And he starts praying the most sincere prayer of repentance that I've heard in a very long time. God, I am sorry. God, my life is such a mess. He starts telling God about all the junk in his life that he can't fix, all the relational dysfunctions in his life. He just starts pouring his heart out to God. And this big old dude that was tough as anybody in the room now has tears dripping off his chin. That's what happens when you repent. When you repent, you just get honest enough with yourself to quit thinking you're big and bad enough to figure your life out. And you admit, I need the help of God in my life. I cannot do it without you. I know I spend a lot of time on repentance and that's intentionally uh, because if we'll get repentance right, uh, hello Pentecostals, uh, if we'll get repentance right, uh, Holy Ghost and baptism uh, will be just about automatic. Well, sometimes we skip over repentance uh, because we want to see the ghost fall uh, and we want to dunk people in the water. Uh, but if we'll spend enough time on repentance, uh, then God will do the rest. Uh, God's goodness leads them to repentance uh, and God's goodness will lead them to the water uh, and God's goodness will lead them uh, to hunger after the righteousness uh, of his spirit. But we got to start with repentance. Starts repenting. God changed his life that day, filled him to overflowing. He was baptized in Jesus' name, came out of the, I'm telling you, if God can do it for him, God can do it for you. God says, he says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord of hosts. Though your sins be as scarlet. Somebody read it, Isaiah 1. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Three words in that verse to depict the color red. Grew up in an apostolic church that had beautiful stained glass windows. And one day there was a man who came to the church who was an expert in antiques and specifically stained glass. And he told us that the windows were very valuable and in large part due to the little round red circles that were scattered every so often throughout the glass and he explained to us the reason was the process for staining glass that was used for those windows to make the color green or yellow or orange was a process of staining just one time but to get it that deep dark shade of red it was a process that had to be repeated the stain would have to be layered again and again and again and again and again and again in that glass and so because so much time went into it effort and stain it increased the value of the window and I read that verse, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, three words to depict the color red. And it dawned on me, just maybe, just I see my brother wearing a red jacket here. You couldn't with all the bleach in the greater metro area get that red jacket to be white. It would disintegrate and fall apart. You might get it a faint shade of pink. But you're not going to get it white. What happens when you wash a red article of clothing for the first time? What happens? You got to be careful. Don't get it in there with your whites because you're going to have pinks, right? <laughs> See, some of you have done it too. <laughs> because they have to apply so much stain, pigment, dye to get it. That true color of red. And the Lord says, though your sins be as scarlet. 
You've layered sin on top of sin on top. I'm preaching to somebody here today that you've spent a lifetime layering layers of sin and mistakes and regret. And you don't even know which regret to start repenting with today. And you don't even know which mistake to start repenting over today because you've layered sin on top of sin on top of sin. And you look at it and you say, I couldn't get this white if I tried. I couldn't change this if I tried. I couldn't change the last... 40 some years of my life if I tried but the Lord says just come to me though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow though they be red like crimson you can't get the stain out of your life but if you'll repent of your sins Jesus Christ can begin to lift the stain of sin and guilt and shame out of your life you don't have to go figure it out today. You don't have to go home and try to solve it on your own. You gotta come to him just as you are. You gotta come to him with the red, dark, sin-stained light and say, Lord, I give you my sin. I repent of my sin. And when you repent, you give God the permission to break the power of sin on your life. When you repent, you invite your heavenly father to step down and to get involved you invite him to break the stain I feel the Holy Ghost lift your hands come on all across this room I'm not done preaching yet but somebody lift your hands and lift your voice his presence is in this room in fact somebody ought to pray a prayer of repentance right now Somebody ought to lift up your voice and pray a prayer of repentance right now. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Lord, I ask you to break the power of sin. Come on, somebody get honest with God for the next 10 seconds. Somebody just pray an honest prayer. God, I need you to break the power of sin on my life. God, I invite you to break the stain of sin that's set into my life. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's some saint of God that maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been weary and well-doing. Maybe you've slipped back into some old ways. You ought to repent as well this morning. You ought to just start fresh and new. If repentance is what started your faith journey, then repentance is what can renew your faith journey. You ought to go back to repentance and say, God, I want you to forgive me of my sin. God, I want you to make me new again today. But Simon Peter didn't stop with repentance. He said, repent and be I wish you'd shout it out like you were excited about repent and be look at your neighbor and say you need to be baptized I wish you'd turn to somebody else just give them a little shoulder shake and, and say you need to be baptized if you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized. You need to have your sins washed away. Because in repentance, I identify with the death of Jesus Christ. But as the gospel plays out in me, I identify with the burial of Jesus Christ when I am buried with him in baptism. All my sins are washed away, never to be held against me again. Now, let me clear up a misconception about baptism real quick. You do not join a church at baptism. Baptized. Now, I'm not the pastor of this church, but I know my friend well enough I can speak for him in this regard. You don't join a church at baptism. We don't baptize for church membership. 
Because this is a great church second to none, but there's no church that's so great that you ought to have to be baptized just to be a member. No, no, no. And I'm not trying to offend anybody here today, but I'm telling you, when you're baptized for church membership, you're actually selling yourself short because what baptism is really about, not joining a local assembly, baptism is about entering into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ where he says, I will take your past off of you and I will give you a brand new future. When you are baptized in Jesus' name, old things are passed away all things become new when you're baptized in Jesus name you rise to walk in newness of life we are buried with him I feel the Holy Ghost I feel faith rise anybody feel what I'm feeling right now Anybody feel what I'm feeling in this room? God wants somebody to be baptized here today. The Bible says that by one spirit, we are baptized into one body. Every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, Greek. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on in India. It doesn't matter what your relationship background is, what your religious background is. When you are baptized, you enter into a covenant with Jesus Christ where he sets you free from the weight and the shame and the pain of all of your sin. And if the Son therefore, John 8, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. God will set you free like you've never been free. you're baptized in Jesus name he says I'm going to give you my righteousness when you're baptized in Jesus name you change clothes literally and spiritually we've got changing rooms somewhere back up here behind the choir we've got robes you can go home in your dry clothes today it's a little chilly out there you want to go home in your dry clothes you can be baptized today pastor would love the team would love to baptize you today we've got water that's warm and heated and and man it's nice you can be baptized today you're going to change clothes physically get into a baptismal gown so you keep your clothes dry but let me tell you spiritually you change clothes too spiritually when you're baptized in Jesus name he says I'll take that old coat of shame that you've been wearing I'll take that old coat of guilt that you've been carrying around I'll take that heaviness that's weighed you down and I'm going to give you my righteousness I'm going to give you my holiness I'm going to give you my mercy I'm going to give you my forgiveness somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to the Lord right now Come on, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to the Lord right now. I wish somebody lift up your voice in faith right now and just praise him for what he's about to do in this place. Woo! Sit down for just a minute. I'm almost done. I'm landing gears out. Landing gears out. Hear me. There's this beautiful story in the Old Testament that, that, that can be a great illustration of what happens in baptism. I, I, I'm going to borrow a couple of uh, music stands. Brother Anderson, I'll try not to break them. If I do, I'll send you a check, okay? Uh, that there's this beautiful picture of what happens. It's Sunday morning. Can we just have a little Sunday school object lesson? Is that all right? All right. 
There's this beautiful picture in the Old Testament, this illustration we can use of what happens in baptism. The Bible tells the children of Israel that they are to walk through the Jordan River, that they're going to cross the Jordan River. And there's this significance of promise and, and promised land, and they're stepping into a new place in their relationship and covenant and all these things. All those things also apply at baptism. But, but just imagine with me, imagine with me, okay? We're, we're, we're the Jordan River, the center aisles, the Jordan River, okay? Don't look at me crazy, all right? Some of you are all thinking, he is drunk, as we suppose. No, the Jordan River, Jordan River, okay? And, and, and here's what the Lord tells them when they're crossing the river. Think about baptism. He says, I want you to pick up some rocks from this. I know it's a music stand. It's a rock today, okay? I know. Some of you are all looking like, Carson, where'd you get this guy? Uh, he, he, they, they pick up these rocks on this side of the river. And it appears, the Lord says, I want you to take them into the river with you. And when you get in the river, in the center of the river, you're going to set those rocks down. But you're not going to come out empty-handed. You're going to find some other rocks that were waiting on you when you got in the river. And you're going to pick those up. You're going to walk out the other side. carried in here this morning the weight of every sin that you've ever committed the weight of every rock of guilt and shame that was added to your life before you got over there in the river you're carrying with you the guilt and you carry it all with its weighing you down and you don't even know it's weighing you down the shame of what you've done, the shame of how you've lived, the shame of what you can't change. You carry with you the weight, just like they carry those rocks into the center of the river. But hear me, when you get down in the waters of baptism today, in Jesus' name, you don't carry those weights any longer. When you get down in the river, you don't carry those weights out the other side, but they get laid down in the... They get laid down in the river. Nobody's ever going to refer to them again. Nobody can touch them again. Nobody can bring them out of the river again. They're going to stay right there, buried by the waters in the river. But honey, you don't come out of the water empty-handed either. You pick something up that you didn't get when you walked in the door and shook the preacher's hand. When you go down in the waters of baptism, you pick up a new identity. You pick up a new way of living. You pick up a new way of walking. A fresh way of talking. When you come out of the waters of baptism, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Hey, somebody's gonna walk out of here today fresh and clean. Somebody's going to walk out of here today carrying a joy and a peace, a happiness, a freedom that you didn't have when you walked in these doors. I wish somebody clap your hands right now and lift up your faith to heaven and say in the name of Jesus, God, right now I pray that you would release your power to work in this place. I pray that you would release the drawing of your spirit right now. Come on, every hand lifted all across this room, every hand lifted, every voice raised all across this room.